0: This is a podcast by The Straits Times.
1: Most of us enjoy flying, especially for that much-needed holiday break. But most of us also know that flying produces a lot of greenhouse gas emissions, and that taking plane trips can be the single biggest component of our carbon footprint each year. Plane and engine manufacturers have been pretty good at achieving efficiency gains over the years. But international aviation is growing quickly and, without strong action, emissions from the sector will double or even triple by 2050. One immediate solution being offered is sustainable aviation fuel, or SAF. But how green is SAF and can it really make a difference? With us today to discuss this is Mr. Sami Yahiainen, Regional Vice President for Renewable Aviation at Neste, a Finnish refining company. Welcome to the show, Sami. Thank
0: you, David. Happy to be here. So what is
1: sustainable aviation fuel and how is it made?
0: Well, that is a good place to start from. So if defining sustainable aviation fuels... First thing to highlight that it is not produced from fossil crude oil or refining that. Rather, it is produced using alternative raw materials and production pathways to synthesize fuels. The other thing to highlight is that to be sustainable aviation fuels, those raw materials and those production processes need to be considered sustainable relative to an established framework Or criteria of sustainability.
1: And where do the feedstock materials come from? For example, I believe, use cooking oil and animal fats. So tell us a little bit more about the exact sourcing of those. What are animal fats and whether any of the materials actually come from food crops or, or is it just agricultural residue?
0: Yeah, maybe the best place to start from is that there are different ways of producing sustainable aviation fuels. Actually, there are seven different pathways that have been uh, approved by the the international standardization body, ASTM, to produce fuels that can be then blended together with conventional jet fuel and and used in the airports as a drop in fuel in existing fuel supply infrastructure or or aircraft. Now, of those seven uh, production pathways, one of them is, is commercial today that is the so-called HEFA pathway. Uh, it refers to hydroprocessed esters and fatty acids. Basically, it, it refers to use of oils and fats type of raw materials to produce uh, sustainable aviation fuels. And that's where our current technology is. So we are using waste and residue types of oils and fats, raw materials that are converted in our refineries, utilizing our proprietary technology in Neste to, to produce high-quality Fuels. It is, for example, used cooking oil, animal waste fats. Those are the two main categories that we use today to produce stuff. But it is also important to note that going forward, there are other types of raw materials requiring a bit different production processes like foresty residues, agricultural residues, municipal solid waste, which will broaden further the pool of different bio-based raw materials that we can use to produce sustainable aviation fuels. And top of these, from around 2030 onwards, we also will need so-called power-to-liquids type of fuels to add to the potential of sustainable aviation fuels. And this refers to the use of renewable hydrogen and captured carbon as, as raw materials to produce liquid fuels that we can use in existing aircraft like fossil jet fuel that we use today. Now,
1: the sustainable aviation fuel or SAF that you produce currently, are any food crops used for that? And what, what are these animal fats that you are you, you know,
0: referring to? So, so first of all, from Neste's point of view, we are using solely waste and residue type of raw materials to produce SAF. Neste as a whole, we are producing um, also, in addition to sustainable aviation fuels, we are producing also renewable diesel a biofuel for the road transportation market and then we are also producing renewable raw materials to use in the petrochemical industry to produce renewable polymers and and plastics if you look at our total renewable uh, portfolio also from that perspective we have been transitioning over the past 10 years gradually towards the use of waste and residue raw materials. And and from our total renewable raw material use, 95% last year were waste and residues. There were 5% uh, remaining share of vegetable oils that we used, though only certified vegetable oils. And among that, we still used last year 4% of palm oil. But Neste as a company, we are committed that we are completely phasing out palm oil by the end of this year. So our focus is on waste and residues.
1: Okay. And how many airlines are currently using sustainable aviation fuel? So for example, Singapore Airlines, I think, has started trialing it. And several airports,
0: including Changi, have signed up to supply agreements as well. So tell us more about this. Yeah. So to me- maybe to give a bit of picture of the background. So so Neste has been involved in the sustainable aviation fuel market since the very beginning. So so when the standards were first provided for our type of fuel in In 2011, already back then, we carried out, together with Lufthansa, a test campaign, testing the the use of our fuel on over 1,000 flights between Hamburg and, and Frankfurt. More or less continuously and commercially, we have been producing and supplying the market with sustainable aviation fuels from 2019 onwards. And I would say that today, most of the leading airlines around the world in Europe, in the americas in the asia pacific region are already our customers we have uh, supplied in total over 70 direct customers around the world this is not only airlines this is also fuel marketing companies this is also travel and cargo market operators but gives a bit of a direction here in asia pacific we made our first sales in uh, october 2020 to ana of japan who was our first customer in the region Since then, our our SAF has been taken into use also by uh, Japan Airlines, Cathay Pacific, Air New Zealand, Malaysian Airlines, and last year also Singapore Airlines. When uh, Singapore implemented its SAF pilot and Neste was awarded to provide the sustainable aviation fuel for use on uh, on Singapore Airlines and scoot flights.
1: Now, your company is betting big on sustainable aviation fuel and recently completed a major upgrade of its refinery in Tuas, which can produce about a million tons of sustainable aviation fuel a year. So does all that production now have customers?
0: Yeah, so the step of starting our expansion and refinery expansion in Singapore is is a big step for us. And I would say that it's step for the aviation industry and uh, the transition towards more sustainable flying in a broader sense as well. So so the facility that started up operations in in April 2023 here in, uh, in Singapore basically grows our capability to produce sustainable aviation fuels tenfold. And it is the world's largest facility for the production of sustainable aviation fuels making also Singapore as a country in terms of capacity the world's largest producer of of sustainable aviation fuels right
1: but have you are you actually producing a million tons now or that's the capacity
0: so so the, the refinery started up operations in uh, in April 2023 and will be still going through a ramp up phase of that refinery and, and the actual soft production started now in, in Q3 actually there. What I would also highlight is that basically in our renewables refinery here in Singapore, uh, the total capacity of that refinery is, uh, is 2.6 million tons, and we have a flexibility to produce up to million tons of sustainable aviation fuel. So, so ultimately, the volumes that we produce will also depend on the pace that the demand in the market will ramp up basically. So what's the current demand? Is it 100,000 tons? Is it 200,000 tons? Well, if we look at it from a global perspective, I think uh, based on IATA estimates, sustainable aviation fuel use globally was, I think, around 300 million liters. So, so roughly corresponding to 0.1% of global jet fuel consumption. I would say at the moment there is more demand than supply, but at the same time, the, the increases of capacity that Neste and, and also others in the, in the market are now bringing to the market will bring a substantial change to that availability of sustainable aviation fuels.
1: And for the supply agreement with Changi, for example, is that, are those fuels sort of being used in their in entirety in the, in the plane, so pure SAF, or is it being mixed with jet fuel uh, like fossil fuel jet fuel in in planes how how's it going to be used in changi
0: yeah so 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 first thing to highlight maybe if looking at the kind of quality point of use. so to be a truly a drop in fuel and and to meet the specifications set for jet fuel before bringing uh, the saf to the airport the neat saf the pure saf coming from our renewables refinery needs to be blended together with conventional jet fuel and in that blend the maximum share of neat saf or the renewable component is 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 50% And that resulting blend needs to be then, analysis tests need to be carried out to make sure that it complies with the quality and performance standards of of jet fuels. And after that, it can be brought to the airport utilizing any existing infrastructure like pipelines, vessels, trains, or trucks. And in the airport, the the blend stuff can be mixed with all the other jet fuels that are in the airport. And basically, it can be fueled to the aircraft utilizing, uh, uh, for example, hydrant systems that are used for fueling aircraft in the airports. When it comes to Changi, what Neste announced in, in May, we are in the process of establishing an integrated SAF supply chain here in Singapore to bring our sustainable aviation fuel from our refinery in the western part of the country in, in to us to the Changi airport in the, in the east by carrying out the blending activity uh, here in Singapore in our terminal. And then we have become a, a shareholder in fuel supply infrastructure managing uh, entity or joint venture. Uh, for us to have then a capability to actually sell that blended SAF directly to the airlines at the airport and and supply those airlines basically at the wingtip. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Now let's
1: talk about the environmental benefits then, because when you burn SAF. It still produces emissions, but particularly if you blend it with ordinary sort of fossil fuel uh, aviation fuel or avgas. So, what are the emissions reductions even with that fifty sort of blending?
0: Yeah, so so sustainable aviation fuel it is a hydrocarbon, it is a fuel. So when you burn that, you're absolutely right, you will release carbon dioxide. Similarly as as burning and uh, a conventional fossil jet, jet fuel. The key benefit: why we say that sustainable aviation fuel delivers up to 80% greenhouse gas emission reduction versus conventional jet fuel on a lifecycle basis is because we are not introducing any new carbon to the atmosphere and to the natural system. So basically, we are circling carbon coming from the waste and residues that is already as part of the natural system, and hence the emissions of combustion are accounted zero. An important thing to highlight is that we are also measuring those emissions on a life cycle basis. So when we say up to 80%, we are taking into account the emissions that are formed from producing our sustainable aviation fuel, transporting the raw materials and transporting the end product. So hence, it cannot really be 100%. There is always uh, some emissions involved, but but we are able to deliver that up to 80% life cycle greenhouse gas reduction. Another important element to highlight when talking about those environmental benefits is the non-CO2 side of the equation. And the scientific background to that is that actually carbon dioxide, CO2, is is only responsible for around a third of aviation's total climate impact. So, So other emissions like nitrogen oxides, contrails that are and control cirrus forming cloudiness in the skies, and some other elements are the rest, of that two-thirds. And, and a key benefit of, of sustainable aviation fuel is that it has a different, slightly different chemical composition from conventional, relative to con- conventional jet fuels. So it, it doesn't contain sulfur, it doesn't contain this kind of aromatic, rounded-shaped hydrocarbon chains, and because of that, it burns cleaner, it produces less local emissions near the airports. And what is really important from climate point of view is that it produces less soot particles. So Soot particles in the sky form the nucleus of, of ice crystals that form the, the contrails, cirrus and cloudiness which is actually estimated to be the biggest driver of aviation's climate impact. And when we substitute fossil jet fuel for itself, we are producing less of those soot particles. So we are also delivering a positive climate impact by reducing that contrail cirrus in the skies. So you kind of get two birds with with one stone. And actually, when you use biofuels in aviation, you could argue that it provides uh, a bigger bang from a climate point of view than using that biofuel in road transport, for example. And that is because of the non-CO2 side of the benefits. But
1: would you say that sustainable aviation fuel is really just a probably more of a temporary fix for the industry? Because the industry's emissions, if nothing is done, basically will grow will double, basically, or even triple by 2050. So... I guess the industry also needs other things, such as electric engines or hydrogen power engines or other technologies, to
0: to get to those net zero by 2050 sort of target. For example, well, that argument is commonly made on the on the road transportation side. You know, if if we start from the road transportation uh, first, there the benefit of biofuels is that it's an immediately available solution to start reducing emissions before other solutions like electrification, for example, or maybe hydrogen for heavy duty road transport, you know, gradually become available and scalable to the extent that they are needed. And in that field, I think uh, most of the technical community around the world thinks that gradually there will be a shift towards electrification. Now, aviation is, is, is a slightly different field. Aviation is harder to decarbonize sector. The amount of alternative solutions is much more limited. We will probably over time get electric planes or hydrogen powered planes. But according to most estimates, their scope is limited to, to short haul or, or short or medium haul uh, aviation. And the vast majority of uh, aviation's fuel consumption and, is, and hence aviation's climate impact is related to longer haul. Traffic, which is effectively dependent on liquid fuels and hence dependent on sustainable aviation fuels as an emission reduction solution. If we use uh, IATAS, uh, so the International Air Transport Association estimates as basis. So they have made assumptions, developed a scenario, what does it take to achieve net zero aviation by 2050? And according to their estimates, 65% of those emission reductions by 2050 need to come from the use of sustainable aviation fuels, requiring annual SAF volumes of up to 360 million tons around the world by 2050. So so that being said, I would also though highlight that looking at the scale of the challenge, we will need all solutions. So SAF is a major part of the solution. We will need to scale up the SAF to deliver that role that is painted for it. But obviously, we would like to see a contribution from electric flights, uh, maybe hydrogen-powered flights, more fuel-efficient aircraft, better air traffic management that is increasingly optimized to minimize the, the climate impact of aviation. So all solutions are needed. But, but SAF is needed to play a major role in the, in the field of aviation.
1: Sure. and I guess I should ask you about cost because SAF uh, at the moment is quite a bit more expensive than ordinary jet fuel. But I imagine as production ramps up, the costs will come down. So tell us what's the current
0: cost roughly of, of SAF and how do you see the costs sort of coming down? So so it is something which is, of course, continuously changing because cost of fossil fuel is is changing. Actually, the cost of the the waste and residue raw materials that we use to produce uh, sustainable aviation fuel is also changing. But what we have roughly seen is that that the cost of SAF relative to conventional jet fuel is varying in the range of three to five times fossil jet roughly. I think we do think that there will be opportunities and to achieve efficiencies, uh, economics of scale when we ramp up soft production from, let's say, 0.1% today to between 5 to 10% globally by, by the end of the decade. So, so, so we will have uh, efficiencies available. But at the same time, I would also use that the technology that we use today is, is also, you know, relatively... Mature, so so. Neste has been producing renewable fuels with the same technology that we used to produce SAF already since 2007. So so that much of the kind of uh, efficiencies from that that technology and de-bottlenecking uh, our refineries are already captured. And then uh, what we what we touched in the beginning of this interview was the need to over time uh, expand the pool of raw materials to move to different kinds of raw materials that open. Uh, you know, further more scalable avenues to produce sustainable aviation fuel, those technologies are likely to be rather in the early stages more than less expensive than the stuff we produce today. So we will also have these drivers that probably will increase the, the cost of SAF and, and effectively the green premium. Uh, the cost of emission reduction, which is basically the the cost difference between SAF and uh, and fossil jet fuel.
1: But currently, the way you produce, whether Neste produces SAF, is there enough raw materials, uh, you know, from agricultural waste, from, uh, animal fats waste, and uh, use cooking oil? Is that is there enough on the market to boost production?
0: Well, if we look at only the raw materials we use today, the answer is clearly that it, it will need not be enough alone. But if we look at all these raw materials that can be used to produce sustainable aviation fuels, bio-raw materials, then the answer is definitely yes. So, so maybe to put this a bit into context with figures, jet fuel consumption around the world is at the moment around 300 million tons. That will still grow, especially in regions like Asia-Pacific, where many people are still actually taking their first flights ever, the availability of waste and residue oils and fats, what we use today, that's around 40 million tons. So it's a relevant raw material pool, but, but it will not be enough alone. In our existing refineries, we could also use, and, uh, and we look to use going forward, grown vegetable oils, which are grown utilizing agricultural concepts that don't require any additional agricultural lands, like intermediate cropping, for example, potentially the use of degraded land as as well could come into question. So for example, McKinsey has estimated that availability of such raw materials could be around 150 million tons around the world. So together, they are already a much more sizable theoretical piece. And then uh, these kind of scalable raw materials uh, forestry residues agricultural residues municipal solid waste if we add all of these bio raw materials together we estimate that one could produce up to billion tons 1,000 million tons of hydrocarbons with that. Obviously, all of that is not going to be available for aviation. There are other sectors in the economy that that will probably need part of that as well. And then on top of that, you have the potential coming from power to liquids type of technologies requiring water, renewable electricity, uh, basically, and captured carbon as a raw material. So so effectively, kind of raw materials that in theory are unlimited of course, in reality, there are constraints that need to be solved. But together with this, I think we can quite confidently say that the potential to scale up soft to where it needs to be is there. But we certainly don't have any time to waste. So 2050, net zero aviation by 2050 is not so far away. If we want to get there... We need to ensure that we get on that trajectory very soon and, and and we need to both scale up the solutions that we have today as soon as possible to their full potential and we need to commercialize these these technologies that then are needed to provide and unlock that full potential
1: great thank you so much for joining us today sami that was a really good rundown on uh, sustainable aviation fuels and how they're produced and some of the quite exciting technological developments that are coming to produce more cleaner sort of saf
0: and other sort of biofuels so thanks thanks very much thank you david i share the excitement it was a pleasure to be here